From AccuWeather.com, this is AccuWeather Daily, a brief host-read article. It's weather news in a nutshell. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. From AccuWeather.com, this is AccuWeather Daily, a brief host-read article. It's weather news in a nutshell. Today is Monday, March 22nd. Brought to you by TurboTax Tips. If you've ever wondered about the facts, fiction, and best practices when it comes to taxes, TurboTax Tips can help. With expert tips in five minutes or less, it's quick and easy to learn how to maximize your tax refund. Just search TurboTax Tips wherever you listen to podcasts. Spring temperatures have risen across major U.S. cities in the past 50 years. What are the impacts? By Lauren Fox. As Americans eagerly await for spring temperatures to loosen winter's icy grip, new data suggests that many major U.S. cities could see warmer-than-normal temperatures, a trend that has been consistently documented for the past 50 years. An analysis of 243 cities across the U.S. conducted by Climate Central, a nonprofit news organization that focuses on climate science, revealed that nearly half of the cities have recorded higher spring temperatures of 2 degrees Fahrenheit or more over the past 50 years. Of the 243 cities, 120 of them, or 49 percent, have seen this trend, which can ultimately lead to an earlier wildfire season decimated crops, and impact food supply. In addition, 96% of the cities included in the analysis reported an increased amount of above-normal days for spring temperatures since 1970. Meanwhile, 81% of the cities have reported at least five more days above normal yearly. How much that increase in warmth has occurred is variable from region to region. Director at USA National Phenology Network, Teresa Crimmins, told AccuWeather. In some regions of the country, we're seeing a much stronger trend toward more warmth earlier in the year. According to Crimmins, the southwestern U.S. is in part where some of the most dramatic trends of early warmth in recent years come from. In the southeastern part of the country, it's a messier story, really, Crimmins said. She explained that a portion of the country is actually experiencing what she referred to as a warming hole meaning the pattern of warming seen across much of the U.S. is not as prevalent in the region. The Northern Plains is the only portion of the U.S. to actually be trending cooler instead of warmer in the spring, according to AccuWeather senior meteorologist Bob Smurbeck. The Dallas-Fort Worth area has reportedly had 15.7 more spring days above normal temperature in 2020 than in 1970 and the average temperature for spring has increased by 2.9 degrees. Houston, Texas, which is over 200 miles south of Dallas, has warmed nearly a full degree more than the Dallas-Fort Worth area, increasing an average temperature by 3.8 degrees from 1970 to 2020. The city of Houston had 23.6 more above-normal spring days in 2020 than it did 50 years prior. 
Smurbeck suggests that for some cities, the proximity to cool water may play a role in their ability to maintain cooler temperatures longer. While it does not apply to Houston due to warmer waters in the Gulf of Mexico in springtime, cities along the coast in the eastern U.S. and the west coast can be cited as prime examples of how cool waters can play a role in local spring temperatures. Take Philadelphia and New York City, for example. Philadelphia's average spring weather has warmed by 2.7 degrees since 1970, and the city reported 11.9 more days above normal during the spring of 2020 than in 1970. Despite being less than 100 miles apart, New York City's warming trend has been significantly less impressive than the one in Philadelphia, the former only reporting 2.2 more days above normal during the spring of 2020 compared to 50 years prior, and increasing an average spring temperature by one degree. The difference between Philadelphia and New York City could be that New York City is closer to the chillier ocean at this time of year, and it can keep it cooler in the spring, Smurbeck said. Another factor is how fast cities are expanding with asphalt and concrete, causing an urban heat island. Houston is an example of this. According to Crimmins, some research suggests that urban areas experience the heat more so than rural areas with less development. Cities along the Pacific Ocean, such as Los Angeles, have also reported much more minimal growth and warmth, which Smurbeck said could be due to the cooler waters in the Pacific as well. While many Americans are surely looking forward to soaking up the sun for as long as possible, an extended warm season has natural impacts. Crimmins explained that when the weather warms up earlier in the year, it creates a biological response within the environment that starts earlier in the year as well, and inevitably results in a shorter winter overall for the region. While this could initially sound more pleasant to people who love warmer weather, it can result in a longer allergy season for people who suffer from pollen allergies. The early start to pollen season can account for more trips to the emergency room as a result of uncontrolled asthma. Smurbeck said the early warmth can also potentially turn dangerous, as it can trigger an earlier start to wildfire season in the southwest and Great Basin as the regions get hotter and drier. He said an earlier start to fire season is forecast for those regions this year as well. Early warmth followed by freezing temperatures can also devastate crops. Apples and cherries, for example, produce flower buds before they produce leaf buds. If the flower buds develop and then are hit by frost, the fruit is no longer able to develop. Whereas if the leaf buds are hit by frost, the trees can usually bounce back by producing another round of leaves. When we have frost hitting flower buds, that can be really devastating, Crimmins said. In some recent years, we've had huge impacts to fruit crops as a consequence of early warmth followed by freezing temperatures. In 2017, the entire southeastern United States and a good portion of the eastern U.S. experienced record-setting early warmth into the spring season. The peach crop in Georgia was particularly affected by the record warmth as the flower buds came out early and were harmed by the following weather conditions. I think the crop was decimated by something like 80 or 90 percent, Crimmins said. Smurbeck has also experienced firsthand how early warmth followed by cold temperatures can impact plant growth and said he has had hyacinths blossom ahead of schedule and ultimately get wiped out by a freeze three out of the last four springs. 
We also see consequences where species that depend on each other to be active at the same time are not responding to the increasing warmth to the same degree, Kremen said. This is creating what she described as biological mismatches, where, for example, a plant that requires a specific pollinator is not responding to the warmth in the same way the pollinator does, putting the plant species at a disadvantage. Aside from the economic impacts and food availability concerns associated with destroyed crops, Kremens said there are also more social impacts to the shift in temperatures for the spring, particularly with seasonal festivals, such as the annual Cherry Blossom Festivals in Washington, D.C. The nation's capital has reported 5.7 more days above normal temperatures in spring 2020 compared to spring 1970. Tulip time festivals or lilac festivals or even cherry blossom festivals can be impacted when the dates are set far in advance and the biological event is very responsive to the weather conditions in a given year, Crimin said. We've seen that in a couple recent years. That's all for today. For your local weather at your fingertips, download the AccuWeather app or head to AccuWeather.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.